Creative Babble. Previously on Pretend, a 17-year-old boy named Rudy Farias went missing. He was gone for eight years. Then one day, out of nowhere, he was found unresponsive, laying on a church doorstep. His body was covered in bruises and his hair matted with blood. But Rudy Farias wasn't missing. In fact, he returned the very next day. He was living with his mother, Janie Santana, for the entire time. What was Rudy Farias doing for eight years while the world thought he was missing? And why did this lie go on for so long? I'm Javier Leva, and this is Pretend. Stories about real people pretending to be someone else. bombarded i mean the story made it all the way to the new york post yeah to germany to europe to uh um, china i mean the news outlets have been blowing up my phone from all over the world when this story broke Janie santana rudy's mom was soaking up all the attention and then i got a call from uh netflix yeah uh, GM something, Good Morning America. I even got a call from Lifetime because they wanted to do a movie on it. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I said, I haven't even had my son a week. And and you guys are are talking about wanting to make a movie of his life? Like, what is wrong with you? But we know that this was all a lie because Janie Santana wasn't just reunited with her lost son, Rudy Farias. He was living under her roof while the whole world believed that he was missing. Soon after this call with Grizzly News, Janie Santana went dark. Now that the whole world knows that this feel-good reunion story was just a hoax, she no longer wants the media's attention. In fact, I've tried to reach her several times with no success. Luckily, a Houston reporter from station KPRC ambushed Janie Santana outside her home as she was trying to hightail it out of town. Here's what she said. When he first went missing, he didn't he didn't uh, report it to the police, and uh, they're trying to say that he might have done some crimes, which he didn't. And now they want to arrest me because they said I was hiding him. So who is Janie Santana, and what do we know about her? Well, first of all, it appears Janie Santana goes by many different names. Public records shows that she went by Janie Santana, Janie Larios, Janie Farias, and Janie Udesti. Maybe the reason why she had so many different names is because she's been married so many times. Exactly how many marriages? Well, it's not entirely clear, and you'll find out why in just a second. But we know that she's been married at least six times, but the number could be as high as eight. Yeah, there could be eight ex-husbands out there, and most of these marriages overlap. Yeah, 
During one of the marriages, Janie was involved with four other guys. And get this, out of the eight possible husbands, Rudy Faria's biological father isn't even one of them. Yeah, I have no proof they were ever married. Insider.com published a detailed history of her marriages, and I have to read some of this to you because it is completely fascinating. Her first marriage took place when she was only 17 years old. She married a trucker, and that's when she had her first son, Charles. This marriage lasted, surprisingly, 10 years. Janie Santana married her second husband two years after her first divorce. Except this marriage didn't even exist. Janie reportedly made up husband number two so that a judge would annul her marriage to husband number three. There is no record in the Texas Marriage Index, and the poor guy who she claims that she was married to says, quote, I'm devastated to even be remotely associated in any way with this woman. Which brings us to husband numero tres. This marriage lasted three years. And like I said earlier, the judge annulled this marriage because she made up marriage number two. What a mess. You still with me? Husband number four. This relationship lasted 14 years. But you see, almost all these marriages ended very dramatically with accusations of adultery, abuse, and fraud. In the case of husband number four, he filed a petition to get his belongings back, and he claims that Janie Santana is a bigamist and that they were not even married. But he said that Janie Santana owed him money. Santana, however, insisted that they were married since 1999 and wanted a divorce, alimony, and most of his possessions. They also argued about the support for her son, Rudy Farias, who at this point was 13, by the way. A Texas judge eventually decided that they were indeed in a common law marriage, and it was eventually voided in September 2013. So here she is, trying to get this guy's stuff, so the judge sided with the husband, and Santana was ordered to pay him $43,000. The judge also rejected the claim that Rudy Farias was this guy's son. I forgot to mention that in the middle of her marriage to husband number four, Janie actually took a completely different guy to court asking for child support for Rudy. That case was dismissed. All right, now on to husband number five. This is exhausting, isn't it? Husband number five was completely made up too. Well, the marriage was made up, but the man was very real. You see, in 2007, Harris County Sheriff Deputy John Rodriguez died in a motorcycle accident at age 49. His obituary said that Deputy Rodriguez was survived by his wife, Janie Rodriguez, and their son, Rudy Rodriguez. There's even a tribute to him on Legacy.com with one post that read, quote, Your little son, Rudy, in all caps. According to this Insider article, a month after John Rodriguez's death, Janie Santana told the courts that she was Deputy Rodriguez's common-law wife and that she claimed the fallen officer's Houston home and his belongings. I would find this incredibly hard to believe if I wasn't actually reading the court documents right now. As you can imagine, the officer's family fought back and after three years, both sides reached a settlement and guess what? Janie Santana got to keep the house with the understanding that Santana had to drop any claims that the two were married and that Deputy Rodriguez was Rudy Ferreira's father. What about husband number six? Well, public record shows that Janie Santana married another man, but 
There is no record of them ever getting a divorce. I know, very strange. This woman has more husbands than Elizabeth Taylor. Okay, who's next? Jenny Santana was also briefly married to a man named Gilbert Quiroz. Gilbert was husband number seven. Court records show that Gilbert Quiroz didn't even live in the same state as Janie Santana when they were married. He was in Arizona serving in the National Guard. It was a proxy marriage where one of the members wasn't physically present during the ceremony. Yeah, apparently that's a thing. In a proxy marriage, you actually have a real person stand in for the absent party. Wild, isn't it? Well, proxy marriages are typically used in military settings where someone could be stationed overseas or at war. And went to war they did. Quiroz and Santana duked it out in court for two years. In a sworn testimony, Janie Santana claims that Quiroz visited her in Houston after filing for divorce and filing for a restraining order against her. She says that he used sex as a way of getting Janie to pay for his debt. And then, after a long court battle to end their marriage, Janie Santana doesn't even show up to court and therefore lost. So what did she do? She sued Quiroz, the seventh husband, for, quote, extreme cruelty towards Janie. The lawsuit demanded that Quiroz reinstate her health insurance and pay for her attorney fees. I reached out to Gilbert Quiroz, but wasn't able to get a hold of him. Finally, ex-husband number eight. According to a marriage license filed in Harris County, Texas, Janie married a California man named Robert Ortega. According to Insider, Ortega left a 20-year marriage for Janie Santana. It was during this time that her son, Rudy Farias, went missing. It appears that Ortega traveled frequently, and according to Insider, Ortega and Santana shared a house in North Houston, but she still had the house that she swindled from her fifth husband. Janie Santana's niece told Insider that she believes that Janie was able to hide Rudy between the two properties so that her husband, Ortega, was completely clueless. It wasn't until one day in 2018 that Ortega ran into Rudy and quote-unquote freaked out. Remember, everyone thought that Rudy was missing. So what happened to Janie Santana and Robert Ortega? Well, that part's not clear either because... As far as we know, Janie and Ortega might still be married. There is no evidence that either one of them filed for divorce. When we return, we're going to hear directly from Rudy Farias. What is his version of the story? And did he have anything to do with his disappearance hoax? That's after the break. Good morning, I'm Lieutenant Zamora with the Homicide Division Missing Persons Unit. Today we're discussing facts related to 25-year-old Rudy Farias, who was reported missing on March 7, 2015. He was 17 years old when his mother reported him missing. A week after Rudy was found laying on the church doorsteps, police held a press conference. The whole world wanted to solve the mystery of the missing kid from Houston. Remember, at this point, no one in the public suspected that this was a hoax. Investigators did go out to the home multiple times. They talked to various family members, relatives, friends, neighbors, and yes, they were given a fictitious name. It was a collective WTF moment. 
But even before this press conference, people started putting the pieces together. In 2017, two years after Rudy Farias went missing, Janie's brother, Jerry Santana, held a press conference where he stated that he had a potential lead in Rudy's disappearance. Janie's brother claimed that Rudy was being held captive by his mother. But nothing ever came out of these accusations. Two months after this press conference, Jerry Santana passed away after being involved in a motorcycle accident. If you're keeping track, this is the third person in Janie Santana's life who died in a motorcycle accident. I'm not implying that she's responsible for their deaths, but man, that is a hell of a coincidence. Her late husband, her oldest son, and now her brother? Everything about this case is shrouded in speculation. Here's one theory from someone close to the family. When Rudy's brother passed away, um, Charlie, he has or he had a policy as Charlie, as Rudy being the beneficiary to that policy. Now, it is my understanding that um, since Rudy became missing back when, that it, it's my understanding, I don't know how true this is, but my understanding that uh, Rudy has to be missing for at least three years so mom can collect that policy. And that's one thing that I want to find out. Did mom collect that policy? Because only Rudy was the beneficiary to that policy. I want to remind you that everything you just heard about the insurance policy, well, that's all speculation. But one thing is clear. No one that I have encountered trusts Janie Santana as far as they can throw her. So now we know why the people who knew Janie Santana the most called BS the moment Rudy showed up out of nowhere. Remember Grizzy News, the citizen journalist who reported on Rudy's story? Well, it turns out that Grizzy started to smell something fishy too. The facts just weren't adding up. And then somehow a local activist and leader in the Houston New Black Panther Nation gets roped into this mess. His name is Quanell X. Quanell X had access to Rudy after he resurfaced. He convinced Rudy to come and talk to the police. Here's influencer Ivan Gutierrez again. And so Quanell, you know, details some some pretty graphic things that she did to him as far as being unclothed in the shower and making him give her baths and sleeping in the bed together with no clothes on and kissing as mother and son. And you, especially as an adult, you're not going to do that stuff with your mom. She forces that. And a lot of people took what Quanell said and ran with it and made it, said it was intercourse. He never said it was intercourse, but that's what everybody ran with. Right. Are you shocked at how much attention this is? Yeah, a it's a lot of attention. It kind of gets me overwhelmed, you know. Rudy Farias sat down with Grizzly News and the local Fox station to tell his story. The world thought you were missing for eight years. Where were you? Where have you been? Uh, just at home. Just stuck at home, you know. If somebody would come over, my mom would just tell me, stay in the room, you know. Keep the door locked. Don't let them in. Don't make any sounds. Don't do anything, you know. 
Tell us about what it was like living there. Were you allowed to leave the room? Was she holding you there against your will? She never, like, locked me in or, you know, like, handcuffed me or anything like that. You know, I had free will to leave. It's just, it just felt like brainwashing, honestly. Like, just, it just kept confusing me, just the way, you know, she would manipulate me. And then we eventually just went into just, she locked me in there pretty much mentally, just that she was my only parent. She was the only person I ever really had besides my brother. So when I lost my brother, I didn't have anybody to teach me how to live, you know, how to have confidence or trust in myself or anything, you know? So I just depended on my mom all my life. What had you been doing for those eight years? Just um, trying to study the best I can online, you know, understand how the world works, you know, understand different cultures, different religions, different everything. Remember, the question was, what have you been doing all these years? But instead, Rudy Farias rambles on about random stuff, colors, and it made no sense. There's been unsubstantiated reports that Janie Santana may have been giving Rudy psychedelics or other drugs. Others claim that Rudy might have a developmental disability. But again, all of this is speculation. We just need to spread more positivity because all of it, everything around us, it's just... It's an algorithm that they control through the social media and through the colors and just everything. You know, like if you see something white, like a white wall or a white pillowcase or a white car driving around the place, you know, you'll... White walls? White pillowcases? What? And then you'll look at something white and get sidetracked and you'll get distracted about stuff and things. And then you'll find stuff like a pink wall or something or pink whatever. And then just be reminded of, you know, somebody trying to help you, prosperity, you know, just somebody loving people and red. People confuse that for anger or hate. And it's only anger or hate, these type of things, if you look at it that way, you know. You know, police said a lot of times that you were 17 when this happened and you're an adult. You spoke a little bit about this, about some of the family trauma you've had growing up. Talk about the fact that although you're an adult, how difficult it was for you to be in this situation and maybe not be able to get out of. It it felt like Stockholm Syndrome, honestly. Like, just held against my will mentally, not physically, just constantly, like, she was bombarding me with negative thoughts. Do you think your mom took advantage of you? Heavily. How does that feel? I mean, I can't imagine you said... Your mom's really the only person in your family you have. How was that, that you felt your own mom took advantage? It was... It's like I lived in prison. It's like I lived in a jail my whole life. I just wanted to be free. I wanted to have my own job. I just... I just wanted to live my life. I just wanted to... um, Just love somebody, you know, have somebody else that would actually love me because I wasn't sure what love was. Can you go into the brainwashing? What would she say to you? Would she say something would happen if you were to leave her home? It wasn't that. It's just after I left, I started to understand that all of it's just an algorithm. It's literally all an algorithm. If you look at something black, you understand that they understand. If you look at something white, it'll confuse you when you're trying to go in a positive direction. Again, it's hard to interpret exactly what Rudy means when he talks about all the colors. He later talks about conspiracies and other topics that just don't make any sense. 
I think the question everyone has is why your mom would lie and say that you've been missing for eight years. Did she ever tell you, or did you ever ask mom, why are we pretending that I'm missing? And that's the thing, when it comes to the real small details like that, I just can't, I don't remember. Either Rudy is in a state of shock or he's trying to deceive reporters. It's hard to tell at this point. Were you questioning your mom? Like, mom, why am I doing this? I would always ask her stuff like, when am I going to get a job? When am I going to have my own car? When am I going to be able to make my own decisions? When am I going to be able to just go out and be free? Like, why can't we just go to the police station? Why can't I just get a lawyer? Why can't I just do that? And she's like, oh, you can't get a lawyer because it's too much money. We can't do that because it's too much money. Everything was always just money, 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 money. It's constantly money. Rudy followed up by saying that he didn't know if his mom had profited from reporting him missing. He did know about the GoFundMe page and the money raised to look for him, but he says that he didn't know where that money went. Let's take a pause here to talk about another questionable event in Janie Santana's timeline. In between marriages, Janie Santana was running another scheme. I'll play you a news clip from 2012. We couldn't talk to Rudy Farias face-to-face today because he's in the hospital. He's been there at least a month, ever since he blacked out at home, nearly scaring his mother to death. Because I just lost the son, and when he hit the floor, all I could think was, I can't lose another son. He's all I've got left. Janie Santana told reporters that her last remaining son was battling cancer and that they were at risk of losing their home. Now Rudy has cerebral spinal fluid leaking into his skull, putting pressure on his brain. He's undergone several operations and has a feeding tube. Now, I don't have Rudy's medical records, so I have no idea if this is true or not, but Janie Santana knows how to work the cameras. He doesn't deserve this. He doesn't deserve any of this. This news report lines up perfectly with another event in Janie Santana's life. Remember husband number four who passed away? Well, Janie claimed his house and fought his family in court to keep the property. Well, as part of that settlement, Janie Santana agreed to pay her late husband's estate $8,000. But she never did. So now she's on TV gaining sympathy. Now, the bank has foreclosed on the family's home. Rudy has written frantic emails from the hospital to try to stop it. To the bank, to the mayor, to anyone he thinks might help. If not stop the foreclosure, then let him recover mementos from his brother. That's the only home he's ever known. But most important is is, um, his brother's things. He wants his brother's things. That's what he cherishes more than his own things. In the meantime, His mom wonders just how much longer Rudy's emotional strength will hold out. Strength that is keeping her going, too. He's the one that tells me, Mommy, everything's going to be okay. He says everything's going to be okay. He says as long as we have each other. The reporters asked Rudy about the cancer scare during their interview. So we have video. We actually, Fox 26, we interviewed your mother while you were in the hospital and 10 years ago, in 2012. Uh, what happened? Why were you in the hospital? And, and I guess it was mentioned to our reporter at the time that you had cancer? Um, I had a tumor on my heel at one point, but that was irrelevant. Originally, I think all that had started because she wanted me to fake taking some sleeping pills. 
And then she wanted to fake me going to the hospital and she pretty much just forced me to go in the ER and be like, hey, you know, act like you're sick and you're overdosing. And this was they, before you were missing? Yes, sir. And why? Why was this happening? I, I don't even remember. I think it was something to do with school. I was depressed and I was cutting my wrists when I was, you know, getting sad. It was after my brother passed away. I didn't know what, how to deal with pain and depression. We're starting to see a pattern emerge here. Janie Santana is motivated by one thing, the need for attention. Here's a social media post from a woman named Maria who also goes by the name of Tiny. So I thought I would make a video so that everybody knows what the hell we are all talking about and have been dealing with for the last four years. Maria posted this video way back in 2019, way before Rudy reappeared. Long story short, we all met Janie when she claimed that her son was missing. I do believe that at some time he was missing. However, since then, I believe that he has been found and that she knows exactly where he is at. Remember, it would be another three years before Rudy's return. Unfortunately for some of us, we got sucked into this fucking web of lies that Janie Santana, also known as Alexis, also known as, I don't know what the fuck her name is today, Bella, Christina, she's probably Ron Harris as well. I have no idea. You see, when Rudy quote-unquote disappeared, Janie Santana allegedly made multiple social media profiles using different names. Here's audio from Rudy's aunt and cousin speaking to the press. You know, she has so many aliases names. She has a lot of pictures that she uh, says it's her. Beautiful pictures, Photoshop, and cat fishing days That, you know, she shows herself to be thin, but she's not. And she photoshops these pictures and poses them that it's her. It's not her. She's falsifying everything. And it's true, Janie Santana has a half-dozen sock puppet social media accounts. One of the profiles promoted a fake security business to try to recruit new employees. What was the point of the scheme? It's not entirely clear. I also believe that she has been hiding this fact from everybody because she still used this as a ploy to scam people and bullshit people and get people to feel sympathy for her and empathy, which we fell into that trap. So... I am kicking myself in the ass. But with that being said, I want everybody to know that she is a fucking liar. Here's another bizarre claim that came out of the Rudy Farias interview. I just want to provide for myself. I don't want to keep providing for my mom. I just treat it like a roommate towards the end, you know? Like, I'm tired of being your son. I just want to be your roommate. I just want to live my life. Give me my check instead of 60 dollars for 12-hour shifts seven days a week at night, you know, like, I just want to live. She would make you go to work with her herself? Yes, ma'am. I really wish these reporters would have followed up on that question. This whole time, Rudy Farias wasn't locked up in a closet or a bedroom. He was actually working overnight with his mom, Janie. Rumor has it that Janie Santana worked security at an illegal gambling game room, and that she would take Rudy along with her. These claims seem to match what Rudy is saying here. He almost lived a normal life. He had a job. It was with his mom. Now, they worked in an illegal gaming room, so it wasn't anything official. He was able to give a different name. And what do you mean by, by illegal gaming room? From the best of my knowledge, it's 
somewhere that people can go and gamble illegally. And so they were security there, Rudy and his mom were. And so she was there first and then brought him on and he was able to give this fake name. I can see now how, like he said, that he would only get $60 a week. She would take the rest of the money. The neighbors that lived there, they knew him. They didn't know he was missing because they moved into the neighborhood after he was reported missing, but they just, they thought he was a normal guy. Here's a news clip from KPRC-TV. Neighbors tell me Farias has been living with his mother this entire time, but they know him by the name Dolph. But did you ever notice anything suspicious over there? No, like when he talked to us, he doesn't like say too much on who he really is. We just know that he lives down here with his mom. He goes to work with her like around 6 p.m. to like maybe 7 or 8 in the morning. And he just been freely walking down the street. So let's get back to the Rudy Farias interview. The reporters asked Rudy if he was disappointed in Houston PD's handling of the case. But Rudy totally missed this question. What would you have to say to police that say, well, he was an adult? What do you mean? It seems like in this case, you didn't have the support there that you needed. And police seem so focused on your age that you were 17, which is an adult in Texas. But can you talk about the fact that, yes, you were an adult, but the mindset that you've been in? Yeah, it was just like a constant brainwashing, like the Stockholm type of syndrome, where it's just, you know, you just fall in love with your, your captive and just want to take care of them, do this and that, you know, like, it was just constantly just be me trying to help and just take care of my mom, do whatever she needs because I cared about her and she's the only person I had. This is one of the big factors that critics of this case would talk about. Rudy was an adult for the majority of the time he was missing. Why didn't he turn himself in? Clear things up with police himself. He kept repeating Stockholm Syndrome, Stockholm Syndrome. Then reporters asked Rudy about the sexual abuse allegations Quanell X made. I used to have to sleep in their bed sometimes. I don't remember why, just like next to her. It wouldn't be anything sexual or anything like that. I wouldn't lie about that because there's plenty of people that need honest truths when it comes to those things. That just muddies the water to lie about those type of things. That's where I said the media, they like to twist my words and confuse things. I never said anything bad about her in that regard, but you know, just boundaries she would push or make me uncomfortable and I would say stop and she's like well why 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 what did I do I didn't do anything wrong so Rudy is rejecting that this was inappropriate behavior this is consistent with what he told police here's a clip from the Houston PD press conference now based on Rudy's interview there were no reports of sexual abuse reported if there is a disclosure made we will continue to investigate During the Houston PD press conference, police claimed that they made at least one wellness check at Janie Santana's house during the time period Rudy supposedly disappeared. The police say that Janie Santana misled police and used several different names. Reporters asked Rudy about this. Did you have interaction with the police or did your mom make you hide? Like, how were you able to get away? I know police mentioned some fake names. Did you actually speak to the police ever? Um, like once or twice, maybe once when I was driving my mom's car and they pulled us over because, you know, she wasn't feeling good. Rudy says that Janie told him to use a different name when talking to police and convinced them that they would arrest him if they really knew who he was. What was it like 
I mean, eight years without seeing some of your, your closest family members. And every time they'd come over, what would you have to do? Hide. If my uncles or my aunts came to visit my mom or my family would come to visit my grandma, that's the main reason they would go over there to see my grandma. And it, I would just have to listen to my family be happy and cheerful on the other side of the door. And I'm just like, I, I want my families, you know, I just want people. I just want communication. I know that this is the first only person you feel like you have had. And now that you're separated, how hard is it to make that distinction right now? Just... Do you I, want to talk to her? No, not really. I don't want any contact with her at all. I just want to live my life away from her. She can do whatever she wants. I don't care. I just want to live my life. You know, I want to have a family, a job, a car, just a house. I just want to live my life. <laughs> Although Rudy said that it was inaccurate to say that the relationship between him and his mom was sexually inappropriate, he did mention that his mom almost wanted him to play the role of a husband in the house. So I know she had you play the role of a father, but as far as sexual assault or something of that nature, did she ever force, you don't have to go into detail, no, no. but... She didn't force herself on me or anything like that. Like, it wouldn't be anything like, I would have to go get a rape kit or go file a police report. Would you say that you and your mom have a, a normal son-mother relationship? <sighs> I mean, not after all of that. Not after everything she did. And to be honest, I don't want one with her. Finally, we've heard from family members. We've heard from police. It's finally your chance to tell your story. Is there anything that you want people to know about what happened to you? Just, I wanted to live my life. And just something inside of my brain kept going back to her late. She was my life support in a sense. You know, I needed her. When you finally left a few weeks ago, when you were found at the church, what happened? Did you just finally have enough? Yeah, I just been walking. I just wanted to get away. I didn't care if I had a car or money or anything. How are you feeling now? Is there relief? How yeah, very much. A lot of relief. It just feels like I'm just at peace. This interview with Rudy is super frustrating. I feel like we actually have more questions than we have answers. I want to grill him for details, and there seems to be a lot of inconsistency with what he's saying. First, he's leading you to believe that he was trapped in the house for years, but later in the interview, you learn that he leaves the house daily for work. Neighbors say they even text him and chat with him outside of his house all the time. So which is it? Was he held captive or was he willing to stay? If he really wanted to get out, it seems that he had many opportunities. Sure, I know that hostages and sometimes cult members develop sympathies for their captors, but is Stockholm Syndrome even real? After all, most claims of Stockholm Syndromes are made by the media and not by psychologists or psychiatrists. According to a 1998 report by the FBI, only 5% of victims they studied showed signs of Stockholm Syndrome. So it's real, but according to this data, it's actually really rare. But none of this matters, because for those of you who have listened to my past series on Munchausen by proxy, know that Rudy is the victim here, regardless of how complicit he may be in this hoax. 
He obviously didn't have a typical life and you can hear the trauma and the emotional manipulation that he went through. It's heartbreaking because he really is a victim of a missing persons case, except he was missing in his own home. The person that we should all be laser focused on is Janie Santana. She has decades of documented fraud allegations. I don't know if she had a plan when Rudy went missing or if she had anything to do with the original attempt to escape, but one thing is for sure. She seized on the opportunity and tried to fool us all, and the gig is up. But the question is, did she break the law? According to Houston PD, she did commit a crime, but not one that would involve serious jail time. After all, she did file a false missing persons report, and she lied to police several times. So it is a criminal offense to, to give false names when you're detained under arrest or you're making a, a valid police report. There was an instance where he did that, him and his mother. At this time, though, the district attorney has declined to accept charges on that until our entire investigation has been complete. So you tried to charge him as well? It was, the facts were presented to the district Good. attorney. So there you have it. We may all be outraged, but it seems that Janie Santana lives to see another scam. As for Rudy Farias, the last thing I heard was that he's staying with Janie's former friend and he hasn't made any attempts to reach out to the media. Do you guys have a message for Rudy if he's watching this right now? Yes, Rudy, if you're watching this. Rudy, if, you, if you're watching this, Mito, we love you. Your aunts, your cousins, we stand behind you. And we are right here with you. We love you. This episode was written by me and Audrey Gibbs, and it was edited by the talented Punith Shinoy with the Podcast Pundits. Creative Babble.